The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Is Sandy Alcantara a shoe-in for the Cy Young? Did the Yankees lose again last night? Yes, they did. What are the Mets doing after their thrashing last night and having two major injuries? That and a whole lot more on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. It is a busy, busy baseball day, lots of games going on. Fred, what's going on? How you doing? I'm great. Uh, sun is shining here. Um, just finished doing some swimming races with one of my kids. I lost. Did most you win? I lost most of them. Um, but I, you know what? As a dad, that's a, a bitter pill to swallow. But I guess it's a sign that your kids are, you know, developing and they're healthy and active. So maybe I should take some pride in the fact. So this was a legit loss. It wasn't you just like trying to make them feel better. No, no, no. We're past the point the where stats. I just. We're past the point where I just stopped trying to make them feel better. Um, okay. Well, my older son. We're past the point where I stopped trying to make him feel better. I, I mostly just try my best to beat him. So I, it's a home. It's a backyard pool. Like, come on. This isn't a real. I'll, I'll take him to the real pool and we'll see who wins. I, I'm afraid I'd actually <laughs> lose that one too. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm afraid I'd lose that one too. But whatever. I gave my best shot. Maybe I just got to train harder or at least at all. At all is the key, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, lots going on. Sandy Alcantara outdueled Joe Musgrove, shut out the Padres yesterday, seven shutout innings. Is he is, what would it take for him not to win the Cy Young anymore? Okay, so I looked uh, I looked at that before we started. And ob- okay, so we're not Good. gonna say, well, what if he gets hurt next start? Because that's boring to say. Like, let's right. say he finishes the season. So I've identified, I think, three people pitchers who could go on a run and challenge him um uh, some more likely than others so he's probably got it if he just keeps doing what he's doing he's got it but if he had some regression Aaron Nola is like right there like he's so Alcantara has a 4.7 war at Fangrass Nola's 4.3 Okay. Max Freed Max Freed is also 4.3, so those two aren't far off. Corbin Burns is a little further down at 3.4, but like he's a really nice strikeout rate, nice ERA, like he could come up. If we look at XERA, all four of those pitchers are about the same. If we look at FIP, they're all actually Freed's the best of them if we look at FIP, they're all though in the same window. So there's a few guys who are basically doing the same thing but over fewer innings i think the innings will get him the award as long as he just keeps piling them up and sits with a like at least like a his his era right now is 1.92 like if he can at least sit at like 2.3 or something i think that gets him the award his innings kind of cost him in his previous start against the phillies he he worked into the eighth inning and the phillies got him in the eighth Mm -hmm. uh he had if he would have left after seven left with the lead would have would have looked a lot cooler but uh you know he's he also was being pretty pitch efficient that game. So it wasn't really like uh, there was this like demand that he had to get out of the game either. And it's, it's Sandy Alcantara. I mean, that's what he does. He goes deep in the games. I tend to agree. I think the team narrative hurts him some uh, because Nola and Freed and Burns are all on teams where you could write that story that they, yeah. this is a big aspect of them getting there, especially Nola. I mean, Nola's, you know, I don't think people realize how good Nola has been this year. 
Yeah, he, he's been great. And I think you're right. For all three of those other pitchers, there's a scenario where maybe they win. Let's say they win all, get a pickup, like actually pick up a win in all of their last five starts of the season and, you know, lead their team into the postseason. That's like, I know wins are like we've kind of debunked wins, but there is a scenario there. Like you are there to win the baseball game, especially when your team's in September and they're trying mm-hmm. to make the postseason. So, yeah, maybe there's something like that. Maybe Nolan actually like the Phillies win all of his last half dozen starts and he actually gets the win in most of them. And, you know, and, and his ERA is not quite there, but his FIPS better and his war is the same. And I don't know. I think there's a good case for it. I think Alcantara winning it would be really cool. He has three complete games this year. Fran Bervalda is the only other pitcher in baseball with more than one. Like he's just a throwback pitcher where he is. He He's, and I think that's amazing. Like, I just think it's, it's great that in an era where, pitchers are just throwing less and trying to just, you know, be like five and done six and done dominate for five or six turn over the bullpen. I think having someone here who's regularly going seven or seven, seven plus innings. I like it. I just think it's showing that there, there's still another way to get the job done. And, and he's 11 and five on a, on a bad Marlins team. So, um, you know, it's not, he's not just hanging around in these starts. He's actually winning them. Yeah, he is. And, you know, I think that's, that's pretty darn impressive. Yeah, and I know very well about the the uh, con- the complete game stat because I have to do projections, and one of the categories I have to do is complete games. And it's not just projecting zero for a particular starter; it's looking back and seeing, oh, he's never had a complete game. He's never had a complete, and it's almost everyone. You know, it, it's they're they're just you know, there's a lot of great pitchers that don't come close to throwing complete games. It's really amazing to me. Yeah, the most remarkable, maybe the most remarkable stat from this baseball season so far. Like this would be, I guess it's not the most remarkable, but it's right up there. Is I believe there's been 22 complete games this season. Patrick Corbin has one of them. He is four and 16 with a 7.02 ERA, but in one start, he has a 182 WHIP. But in one of his 23 starts, he managed to throw a complete game. Like, what are the odds of him being able to throw a complete game this year? That's got to be. That's that's one of my most interesting stats of this season. He's well, the, it's kind of like Philip Umber throwing a perfect game and being out of baseball like a year and a half yeah. later. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it happens. Uh, and, and I thought it was pretty amazing to me that, you know, the last, you know, we, we almost had a perfecto on Sunday uh, with Rasmussen uh, getting into the ninth with a perfecto. Uh, we haven't had a perfect game in 10 years. Last one was yep. Felix Hernandez. Uh, Brendan Ryan defensively made the last out of that game. Brendan Ryan also offensively made the last out of Philip Humber's perfect game on a pitch where he got screwed on a walk, but the umpire had, had to get going. Brian Rungi uh, talked to, I, I'm friends with Brendan. So I was talking about that with him and how is, how bad it was and how Rungi had it out for his team and all that was pretty funny. But um, so two of the last three involved Seattle, which is kind of funny. And they were in the same year. We had three in 2012, Fred. We haven't had one since. I'm sure I was on a podcast in 2012 talking about how there's too many perfect games and they aren't going to be right. Please take away two. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably, I probably had a reactionary conversation in 2012 on that. They aren't special anymore. I do remember having that discussion on no hitters at one point. So. Well, when we had six in one year, of course, Yeah. Um, that that's, it does take away from that, but it hasn't been as plentiful this year. We, we did have, uh, you know, uh, out in Anaheim, we did have Detmers with his, um, do we have any others this year? Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, we had the Astros team one, didn't the we? The Astros team one, you're right, with all yeah. the strikeouts, yep. Deja yep. vu, because that, that's the second time that the Astros, as a team, have gone to Yankee Stadium and thrown a no-hitter with multiple relievers chipping in. I remember back, I think Oswalt started a game that was finished off by like three or four relievers, two one time, and a, and a no-hitter against the Yankees. So, anyhow, um, yeah, I, I think... It, it's, it's really going to take Sandy either getting blown up or like missing three or four starts for him not to win the Cy Young at this point in time. Um, yep. Musgrove, yep. by the way, is kind of in a bad way, sneakily. Going into last night's start, you know, he hasn't, Musgrove hasn't won a game since June. Yeah, I knew. So I have zero Musgrove on my teams. He just wasn't my target in that range. I don't think I was picking a lot of pitchers in that range, but if I was, it wasn't him. So, well, he was I, definitely I, a target for me. Yeah, and and I know that overall this year, like there's nothing like 298 ERA, 103 WHIP. Like it's, you can't complain 
with what you've received overall. He just wasn't mine. I, I had Frankie Montas and some, I had Kevin Gosman and some, he was kind mm-hmm. of more my target in that range. But um, yeah, so I, I haven't followed him as closely and um, obviously a lot of my leagues are not trading leagues, so I can't go back to the well after not getting him. But you're right. Since June 16th was the last win since then, not only has he not won a game, but he's picked up six losses. Like at that point in the season, he was eight. No, since then he's zero and six. Yeah. Um, his ERA has jumped about a run. He's had some bad starts in there. So not nothing like crushing. Like none of the yeah. like two innings. Eight. In his last sixty days, he's got a he's got an ERA of five zero five point zero zero. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of starts in there with four, five, even a couple with six runs. Yeah. In that time, so um, and then a lot of starts too with like four strikeouts. Nothing like not good. Um, yeah. I lied a home run in each of his last five starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just hasn't been he hasn't been sharp, I guess was the way probably he, they were like a, a major league team would do. He just hasn't been sharp in those last years. Not like you said, it's five ERA is really bad. He hasn't been completely awful. I guess like like Jose Barrios awful, but he hasn't yeah, he has he's really <laughs> tailed off. Yeah. Nine nine of his fourteen homers allowed in the last sixty days as well. Mm-hmm. 48 to 11 K to walk. It's not been all bad. I mean, it's a 119 whip over that, uh, that span that would usually portend a better ERA. So, and I, and I know he hasn't had a whole lot of luck in terms of an inherited runner scoring, or for that matter, Taylor Rogers or Josh Hader blowing wins for him too. Both have done it equally with equally equal a plum. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so he, he hasn't been as good. Uh, that was the premier pitching matchup last night. It delivered. It was a good game. Sandy was awesome. Uh, big one tonight. Joel Hanard uh, asked about this one. Verlander versus Cease. Of course, I'm going to try to tune in, although I, I, I am going to play some tennis tonight, so I'm going to have to miss some of that. But I don't have any Cease, Fred. And the only Verlander I share I have is in a score sheet league. I just, I don't, I wasn't anti either of them. At least I didn't think I was. I just didn't get them. Yeah, I have no Verlander. What he's doing is incredible. Yeah. Full marks to him. I decided to play it safe and think that innings would be a problem for someone coming back from Tommy John surgery at his age. Um, so I didn't have him. I have cease in our labor league and that's about it. So I like cease. Uh, again, I think it's the same thing where certain guys get blocked by other guys <laughs> in that same range as yeah. Musgrove, Montas, Gosman. I was choosing other players or just not choosing a pitcher in those rounds. But um, yeah, but yeah, that that's a amazing pitching matchup tonight for sure. And last night, even in that game, uh, Johnny Cueto gives up two runs in the first inning and then doesn't get one of them, only one earned, then doesn't give up any runs in the next seven innings, hangs around, throws eight innings until eventually the White Sox take the lead in the eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth. And then Hendricks comes in, gets a save, and the White oh. Sox win. And that's a huge win for them. So, and I joked in our notes that who needs Sandy Alcantara when you got Johnny Cueto throwing seven innings, eight innings in all of the starts lately? He's a playoff starter for this team, I think. Yep. If they make the playoffs, which is not not as not guaranteed uh, at all, which no. is just mind blowing to me to say because I, they were such a clear favorite in the division, and here we are, and they're they're not even in second; they're in third, which is even more mind blowing. But uh, yeah, I had hurt Urquidy going in that game, and I was in line for the win until Montero yeah. blew up in the eighth. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Montero's been really good, and the Astros bullpen. I don't know if they still do, but going into that start, had the best ERA of any bullpen in baseball. So just a, an unusual one and it just like an odd, very odd rough night for them. That labor league's interesting. Steve Gardner's blowing us away, but there's a pretty, you know, a re, you know, there's like a 15 point difference between second and 11th. I mean, there, and we're all just packed in there and, and in any given day, I, I could be third or I could, or, or well, not really third yet, but fourth maybe, or I could be 11th. I mean, it's just that that's the swing I could have right now. That's pretty crazy. It is, yeah, and and that's my team in that league. Just kind of one step forward, one step back, and I keep oh, yeah. kind of sitting. In, I'm sitting in that massive pack of teams, and it's the same thing. I have like a a good night or two, and then I'm like, oh, okay, now this, now I can make my move and get up towards like third or something like that. And then I have like a couple bad days, and then I go back down to seventh or eighth. So yeah, I, it'll be that league will just be whoever has. I think like the, maybe Steve's gonna win, but whoever finishes second, third. We'll just be the teams maybe who catch fire the last two or three weeks of the season. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, hoping to kind of sneak attack and try to get into the proverbial money, even though there's no money in this one here, and no one really cares unless you win. Um, that that's no, the, but you care. I care. I do. I care. Oh, we care with among us, yep. but nobody outside cares. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It's good knowing you had it. Like you finished second or third. Like 
that you had a good showing. So Unless I tried you're to like get Eric Carabell to... and you go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Unless you're like Eric Carabell and you finished second like 16 times, and then you realize he's a really good player, it just has been very unlucky at the top yeah. spot. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I try I was gonna say I tried to sneak I tried to get Vaughn Grissom in that league. Um nope. And I finished. Actually, I didn't even. I put in five. I thought five would be pretty good with what everybody had left. He went for seven. There was another seven. There was. A I six. was the other seven. Oh, okay. There was another. So then, there, then there was a six, and then there were two other people other than me with fives. So I did not sneak anything through. I got completely shut out on Vaughn Grissom on every platform. Same. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. Uh, you know, in a couple of cases, I mean, I, I had no chance. One of my two main events, a guy, I had like 130 left and someone bid 331. Okay, no problem. Yeah. Other main, I just was pretty short on money. And I, I also had to focus my spending on getting a closer. We got, uh, a, well, I, I talked about it on Sunday, but we got Sir Anthony Dominguez. Someone actually uh, dropped him the week before. Because remember, David Robertson, I think, got the first save after yep. the trade deadline. Yeah, I pounced on that. It's huge because I, I, I think I, I think Clay Holmes has registered his last save as a Yankee. So we'll see. I hope I'm you know I'm holding on to Clay Holmes, but it's not looking good. Yeah, I I don't know if he's had his last save as a Yankee. I'm not really sure. I, I do know that I was looking at when you to jump back to Sir Anthony Dominguez. That yeah, I jumped back. I looked at the Phillies today and. Since the deadline, they've had five saves. Dominguez has three. Robertson has two. So I guess we can call that a timeshare for now. Although I'd rather have Dominguez. Dominguez has three in the last. Three of the last four. Three of the last four. Yeah. Uh, I think as long as he's up, it's his. That's yeah. the way I'm. Uh, I might be wish casting a little yeah. bit here. Although it's funny. <laughs> I have Robertson in a lot of places. But I, I now have most important uh, in. in my most my, my best uh, main event team. I I've got Dominguez now, so I'm riding that train. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, Joel asked about what were the high high bids on Grissom. So three thirty and one in that one and the one main. Um, other other leagues, other on at least on the NFC, and we said seven out of hundred in labor. Which keep in mind is it, it's not just like seventy and a, a thousand. It's a lot more than that because there's no zero dollar bids, no granularity. Yeah. Um, no trading of fab, you know, once, once you use it, it's gone. I mean, you can trade for players, but good luck with that, uh, especially this time of year. Uh, so also other bids on Grissom, uh, 45 in one of my mains, uh, online championship one, which is a 12 teamer. He went for one thirty two out of a thousand, uh, another online championship. He went for one Oh two. The one that went for 45 was pretty much the lowest I saw anywhere. Uh, no, I lied. In uh in yogurt, he only went for twenty five in uh, TGFBI. I don't know why I wasn't there on that. Oh, I guess it's because I was adding pitchers that week uh, th- in that league. Uh, and then in Scarf, which is part of the Earth set of leagues, uh, he went for one hundred one. Um, I did not get him. So there you go. In, um, I could throw in a couple more numbers in my. Uh, and I have a twelve team online championship. He went for one thirty three, and then a lower one in my super. He only went for sixty eight. So with a runner up of 53 in that league, the one that I do with Jeff Zimmerman, we debated him versus Wander Franco. We decided we ended up getting Franco for 77. We decided we would rather have Wander Franco than Von Grissom. So I did get Franco in the main, the main where uh, Grissom went for 330. Uh, and it sounds like Franco could play as early as this weekend. That's- yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know if I put him in my lineup for, although they play the Royals, I think this weekend, which is, attractive i just don't know if i put him in my lineup friday unless i knew he was back friday for sure like if he's coming back maybe saturday maybe sunday i probably don't bother although guys usually come back at the start of a series or they don't so um i'm our whole goal was to have him for next week um i know he had, he didn't light it on fire this year before getting hurt but i've just gotta think that wander franco is a way better baseball player at this point in time than Vaughn Grissom. And if you have him for all but one, and we don't know with Grissom, Ozzy Albies could come back at some point. I was just going to ask you about that. So you get Grissom now, but there might be a time in the middle of September where Albies is back. And then you don't have Grissom anymore in your lineup. So um, yeah. Anyways, I thought Franco was probably a better play that way. Although I think, I wonder if Grissom was a little bit of like Scott Pianowski, shiny new toy. Like, you know, we've already seen Wander Franco in the majors, but this Grissom guy gets called up and he's got a homer and is stealing his first game. And he, on the Sunday he hit second and I think he got on base four times. Yep. So 
definitely probably a shiny new toy aspect to him. On base three times yesterday, uh, two yeah. for three, the walk and a double, two runs scored, hitting eighth. But the thing is, we have a little history at the Braves. They called up Michael Harris, and if you would have gotten Michael Harris, you've been pretty happy this year, yep. uh, as I am. I, I love Michael Harris. Uh, huge game changer this year. There's been a few of those guys this year, which uh, you know sometimes you think you're not going to get him, but he, he's been massive. Michael Harris is still hitting 292. I still fear that slump's coming. He's got 10 walks and 64 Ks, so I keep fearing that there's a batting average slump for Harris coming in. With that comes a slump on everything else, but 12 homers and 13 stolen bases too. I mean, that, that's that's awesome to get that sort of combination from him. You know, even though he's batting low in the order, he still scored 46 runs and he's had 39 RBI. So big, big get. Uh, when you're talking about a fab addition, Michael Harris has been huge this year. Uh, but yeah, you're right. When Grissom, when Albies comes back, they're going to have to figure out how to make, make all the pieces fit. There's probably a way. I mean. They're, they've been creative. They've found ways to get William Contreras in there on a fairly often, fairly regular basis. They found ways to, you know, obviously get Harris in there. And he made a big difference defensively, too, which is huge. I mean, today, Robbie Grossman's playing left field. I mean, I could see the outfield a little bit for Grissom, too, when Albies comes yeah. back. Albies has to come back first, too. So, you know, worry about that when we can worry about that. Right now, it's just, I, I think that's the thing, too, is. If you get three weeks out of a player right now with only six weeks left, I mean, you go for it. Yep. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. And I was and I was full steam ahead on Grissom. Like I said, like I tried to get him in labor. The lack of zero dollar bids was a factor in how high I was willing to go. I, I in hindsight, I kind of wish I'd gone further. Whatever. Um, and Franco in that Super League was a factor in the sense of I decided. Well, Jeff and I decided together that we would prefer Franco. Um, sure. Just because, like, like. Let's be honest, Franco. I mean, like I said, he, he wasn't lighting the world on fire so far this year, but he's still regarded as one of the very, very few best young hitters in baseball. So yep. there's a scenario there where he comes back next weekend, maybe or this weekend, maybe it takes him a few days to get rolling, and then he hits 300 the rest of the way with a few homers, a few steals, hits high in the lineup, scores a lot of runs. So And like Grissom hitting high in the lineup on Sunday was great, but that one might be tricky. Like he could play. But I don't know if on a without barring injuries to key players, don't know if he can find his way into the top part of the Braves lineup. Does that matter though? Base. I mean, Harris has been batting at the bottom the entire time. Yep, he's been great. Yeah, for sure. Oh, if if you if you play well enough, it doesn't matter. But it certainly yeah, helps. True. It helps your chances yeah. for sure. Helps the counting stats. I mean, yes, yep. Harris would be doing better if he were hitting higher for sure. Yeah, he'd have a few. Um, more. Yeah, but Harris, you're, you're right. If someone plays at that level, like they're good, they're good no matter what. But yeah, if Harris had done what he's been doing but also hitting second in the lineup where Dansby Swanson's been he would have even more of everything yeah for sure yeah. we got some big news on the Mets but before we do that a uh, quick note from our friends at Caesars the weather is heating up and so are the promotions at Caesars Sportsbook today anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesars Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesars Sportsbook promo code ROTO15 that's R-O-T-O-1-5 the promo code gives new users a risk-free bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com slash sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use promo code ROTO15 when signing up. Big thanks to Caesars for uh, their sponsorship there. Uh, I'm Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. Let's talk a little Mets here. Bad day yesterday for them. Not only did they lose, I mean, that, 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 that part's annoying and they got crushed, but more importantly, they lost two players. They lost Carlos Carrasco for three to four weeks with an oblique strain. Uh, Luis Guillorme is out four to six weeks. So uh, big news there, and especially with uh, because of who they're calling up to replace Guillorme. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah, lost Guillorme. Eduardo Escobar has been kind of day-to-day for several days and in the lineup. So they're going to bring up uh, prospect Brett, Brett Beatty uh, mm-hmm. today. He's going to join the team today um, for those unfamiliar with him. So, so far this season, he started the season in double A, spent most of the season in double A. He's played six games in triple A. Um, overall this year, he's hitting 315. Um, mm-hmm. He's got 19 home runs and two steals. So not a base runner, not a huge power hitter, but someone can, who can contribute. Um, the 315 average. So he has a solid walk rate. His OBP this year is 410. Um However, he does strike out a fair amount. He's 104 strikeouts 
in 95 games so far this year. So strikeouts could be a bit of an issue, um, despite, you know, him having a high batting average in the minors. So he's going to come up today. I'm not sure if he's going to be up, if this is a permanent thing or just maybe like a short-term thing while they figure right. out what's going on with Escobar. I don't know. Do you, I'm not re- I have about this. I haven't gone to our Yahoo friends and family to grab him. Have you, uh, you I just looked right now, Jeff? I looked and Ryan Boyer's already picked him up. He he actually had Carrasco to drop too. So Okay. Boyer's winning this league too, by the way. So uh eh. Good good for him. Um he's a good player. Uh I also while I was there decided to go and look to see if uh, Dustin May is available and he's already Long rostered gone, by yeah. Mike Curlin. Yeah, that was who the good His hey, roster rate in Yahoo is way higher than I thought it was. It's around 60%. I, I thought it would be way lower than that. So good for Yahoo drafters for getting on him and getting yeah. picked up before he debuts his season debut, I should say on Sunday. So, or sorry, Saturday against the Marlins. He should be started everywhere for that start. Yeah, he should. Yeah. He should. So I, I think Dustin may is the, the last, maybe the next biggest big bid left. Maybe. And I don't know how many people, you know, how many people even, how many leagues even have someone with a big budget to bid, but, he might be the last triple-digit guy. Oh, if I could get, yeah, I, he's not available in any of my fab leagues. I don't think. Well, anything sure. in the NFBC, he's available because he hasn't played this year. Ah, he has, so right. he has he pitches Saturday, right? So he'll be eligible on Sunday. Sunday, I was rooting for him to be eligible on gotcha. Sunday because I don't have. I, I was I was actually rooting for him to pitch on Sunday, so we'd have to wait another week to pick yep. him up, and that's selfish because I don't have a whole lot of fab left, and I don't want my opponents to get an extra week of him though, but it's pretty uh, Machiavellian of me, but uh, so be it. Um, But I I mean, I think he's a break the bank sort of guy, especially now that we know Walker Bueller's out for the year. He's not coming back. Kershaw is still on the IL. You don't know how much of Kershaw they're going to get with that back injury. May could be in that rotation the rest of the way. And he could be awesome. Yep, for sure. Um, Whether he is, so he is a break the bank sort of guy. Um, it ju- again, though, it's, it's just so late in the year. It just depends what you need. Um, if you need a starting pitcher or not, there will be, if this, if this was may, sorry, pardon the pun. If this was may, the month um, of may yes. he, he would be a break the bank sort of guy this time of year. It, like you said, it depends who has money left and do they need a starting pitcher? Well, I, yeah, in for most, sure. in most leagues, there'll be someone who has some amount of money left and needs a starting pitcher and is probably willing to bid whatever triple digits type bid for him because yeah. it, the way the Dodgers rotation has gone so far this year, he should be just a set and forget pitcher for the rest of the way. Just use him for all the starts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Who, like no one's really in that rotation. Everybody's exceeded met or exceeded expectations when they've been healthy so far this year, except maybe Walker Bueller who wasn't around very long. Right. And verdict's a little out still on Andrew Heaney. He yep. keeps going for you know he got hurt in his last game where he had it was stake he had like ten runs scored in his favor and he he got pulled because he got hit by a comebacker and only pitched three innings the week before he threw like four and a third four and two thirds when he had another big lead that's got that's so tilting when you miss out on a win because the pitcher doesn't go long enough yeah very very frustrating um, but he's got a one sixteen ERA <laughs> in his yeah he's good here so he's good you just keep waiting for him to break through and get back to throwing five innings um, and the pitch counts have been low other than the last like the last one like you said there's an extenuating circumstance there um, the other ones like he was 75, 80 pitches so he, sh- he should be able to get through five the other one you know, he was the eight three win over the Potters he was one out away from getting yep. through five innings. That's know. the I, one I was thinking of. Yeah. I keep holding, I have him in that same super team. We didn't use him this week. This was the first time we put him right back as soon as he came back from, because his first start back was against the Nats. So how do you turn that down? Right. Sure enough, four shadow innings, doesn't get the fifth inning. Keep him in the lineup against the Giants. Four innings, one run. Yeah. He's helping the ratios. He got seven strikeouts in that game. You know, the next inning was the Padres, one out away. And then this time against the Royals. The comebacker doesn't finish the, the five innings. Maybe what if he's already at 60 pitches? He might not have got there. They might have pulled him after four innings. Um, so this was the first week where we didn't use him. Uh, but I think he'll be in the lineup maybe more weeks than not. I, I don't know, though. He's really frustrating. I ranted about Chris Archer on here earlier in the season. And should you keep using someone who at that point in time who continues to not throw five innings? He needs like a, like a better version of what Chris Archer was, where he's helping yeah. your ratios, but there's no win potential. 
No, there isn't. Um, yeah, I, I this is a anti-archer zone here. Um, good, good human being, not a, against the human being, just anti-rostering archer there. I, I, Tim Schuler and I are co-running two main event teams, and I forbid him to uh, include archer into our fab, uh, our fab uh, waterfall, if you will. Uh, we, we rostered him once this year, and he had a good start going against the Tigers and didn't get through five. I'm like. You can't do that against the Tigers. You just don't belong here. Just, just get them off of here. I will. I refuse to let them uh, bid on Archer or on Jason Hayward. Nope. They, they, they just yeah. aren't allowed anymore. Hayward, we don't have to worry about anymore. He's no. Playing, I don't think. But... I don't think the Hayward one will be a problem anymore. Nope. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. There, there's certain guys that we just can't touch there. But uh, yeah. so going back to the Mets, I think the other issue for this team still is like getting the games from their starters to Diaz. I, I think they're, I, maybe it's a, just my perception. Maybe I've been watching the wrong days, but I feel like, you know, they get Lugo's pretty solid, but I feel like uh, the rest of their bullpen is kind of like, eh, I don't know how good it is. Was that fair? What's, what's your, your take on them? Yeah, I, I would say that's fair. I think the rest of their bullpen is, you know, guys who can, can get you through, but no one who, no one who really scares you. No one who, when they come in the game, you're like, oh, no, we're not scoring this inning. Like, I yeah. think that's how I would describe the rest of those guys. They're fine. But, yeah, if, if they've got a weakness maybe going into the postseason, that's probably it. Yeah. I mean, they traded for uh, Michael Gibbons for that reason, tried to bolster it a little bit there, and then he struggled in his first couple outings. Trevor May. You realize how bad Trevor May has been this year? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Mike, and even Michael Gibbons, like, he's – yeah, Trevor Mays been yeah. Well, he's only thrown twelve in a third innings, but when he did pitch, he's, when he has pitched, he's been bad. Michael Givens is just a guy. Like that's what I was saying about what the Blue Jays did at the deadline. They just added yeah. depth. Like Michael Givens is a depth guy. He's a guy who could come in and throw a scoreless inning, but he's certainly not a guy who, when he comes in, the other team and everyone in the stadium is like, "Well, forget it. You're not going to score this inning." Right. So Adam Ottavino's their holds leader. He's actually pretty good. Him pretty good. Was, he's been pretty yeah. good this year. Um, Drew Smith is in and Lugo are the other two guys who have been getting a lot of holds for them. And they've both been fine. So those yeah. guys are fine. Not massive strikeout rates from any of them, but good enough. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, yeah, that bridge, although they do have some starters like Scherzer in the playoffs who like may, you may not need much of a bridge. Right. They're doing their thing. Like it's, I'm assuming Scherzer in a, in a good playoff starts going to crank it up and throw seven innings. Yeah. Well, with Carrasco out, now it's either Trevor Williams or David Peterson in the rotation going forward. I think it, we were projecting Peterson, but, you know, Peterson's been kind of up and down. Um, sometimes they use him in the bullpen because they don't have any lefties, really. Um, it, it's a, it's kind of an odd construction. I, I feel pretty good about the Mets going forward. I mean, the Mets fans had an amazing week last week and the week before. You know, they took four out of five from the uh, – from the uh, Braves over that weekend series, and they you know took two in a row over the Yankees. Life's been pretty good after the All Star break, but yesterday is going to test them a little bit there. Losing Carrasco, losing Guillaume. We'll see what Beatty does. Uh, see how good he is, but uh, it's definitely putting a little bit of a damper on things. Um, we talked about the Phillies a little bit and how I think it's Dominguez is mainly the guy. That was my big pickup this week. Got lucky with that. Uh, so far that he was available and it was nice to see him convert on Monday after you pick up after he's your like targeted pickup in fab, you get a closer candidate and he gets a save on Monday. You're feeling pretty good. Now the world could blow up. Super volcano could hit after that, but at least for one day you feel pretty good. For sure. Um, my closer candidate who I picked up this week in a couple leagues was Carl Edwards Jr. Um, and I had the I had kind of the opposite reaction on That's Monday. Right. So I picked him up on Sunday and then because he had gotten two saves in a row. And I don't know what the Nats are doing with their bullpen, but I know he had gotten two saves in a row. And in both, I'm pretty sure in both of those games, Kyle Finnegan pitched earlier innings. So it wasn't I like can Finnegan, attest to that. Finnegan wasn't unavailable. And then on Monday, Finnegan gets the save. So I was a little like, ah, oh, I grabbed the like there was no point in grabbing Edwards however silver lining he got the win so yeah. Edwards got a, Edwards got me a win in his first day on the roster um those are really valuable obviously I think everybody's win standings are super tight it's one of those things where sure maybe your team has more wins than saves but the save standings are a little more spread out I that's find true. I think that's mostly true so yeah. tight um I find the save standings maybe more like clustered like little groups little pockets 
Um, the wind stand is I find really tight, like top to bottom. So anyways, got to win. We'll see what the Nats are doing because I can't figure it out. I do think maybe they're kind of sharing the closers role by matchups or something. I'm not, I'm not, not really sure. There's not, not a lot written about the Nats closer situation these days. So why would you, you? Yeah. when you're the last place team in baseball, there's not a lot of reporters out there writing about your closer situation. So we'll just see how this Edwards thing goes. But I felt like I was basically the only person who was interested in Carl Edwards because I got him in an NFPC league for, I think, 23 with a runner-up of two, and, and I got him for a dollar in our labor league. So no one else was interested in Edwards. And I get it, but saves are saves. We'll see what they're doing with them. Well, I'm second in saves in labor at 62, and they're, I'm 12 behind first place in saves, three ahead of, uh, of the team behind me, and then there's a uh, pretty good size gap after that down to 44 in fourth place in saves. So – at worst, I can lose one point in saves right now. So, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the Nats closer situation very closely in that league. I know Genstad's got uh, had Finnegan in one of his mains, and I think he either bench or cut him after he pitched like three or four games in a row in the seventh inning, thinking, okay, that ghost is gone. And then, sure enough, he gets the save last night. Right. Super frustrating. And the, like you said with the saves, like we've hit the point in the year – more than any other category. Like I was saying with Dustin May, we'll see how many teams in the league need starting pitching. A lot of people need starting pitching to some degree. With the saves, like it's really, like do you need them or not? And there was, a, you probably saw this on Twitter this week, where Phil DeSalk uh, on one of his teams, one of his main event teams, I believe, cut Josh Hader um, on Sunday night. Wow, and, that's the Phil DeSalk cut. He's yeah. known for that. So I did not same, see that actually. That's same, pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if I read it right, he cut Josh Hader. Um, and in the same thread, I noticed Jenny Butler said that she didn't cut Kenley Jansen, but she benched him this week. Um, again, just there's the, such a weird scenarios with saves. Once we hit the stretch yeah. run here, where if you don't need them, you know, like what's Kenley Jansen, what is Josh Hader? What are they, what are they doing for you? If you don't really need them. So uh, yeah, Phil cutting Josh Hader, but, but it, like we all know how smart Phil is. Like he had looked at the standings. He had looked at who was likely to pick Hader up, you know, where are they in relation to him in the standings? Um, yeah. He decided that he didn't need him the rest of the way, but that, that is a, I feel like that is, is it more gutsy than his cut of Jacob DeGrom around July 1st last year? It's probably right. Yeah. Up because there. he's healthy. You know, whereas DeGrom, yeah. you could argue he's not coming back. So, you know what? Um, yeah, that's that, that's a, that's an eye-opener to me. Um, Rob Josh Hader for J.P. Sears. That is the that is the tweet. That is the full transaction. So that it's not even like he dropped Josh Hader because he felt like his roster was super full and, and there was a Wander Franco type, you know, coming back. And he's like, oh, I need to get that guy. He dropped him for J.P. Sears. Yeah, I mean... I, I I understand going after Sears. I, I understand the drop of Hater is also, I mean, it, it serves the purpose of really getting people to spend like crazy, like piranhas uh, in the in Fab the following weekend draining their Fab. So something to be said for that too. Uh, but if you if you don't if you already uh, are set in your saves points, I get it. It's just it's going to make some people angry. I guess I guarantee yeah. you that, but. You know what? Dalton Dildon dropped Aroldis Chapman way back in April or May, and there was a big uproar over that. And I think Chapman hasn't had a save since. Maybe one. Right. You know, he may he may yeah. close this week, mind you, but Dalton was ultimately validated. Yeah, and with and going back to Hater, like he Hater has not pitched well. Like he didn't pitch well in early July for the Brewers, and since he's been on the Padres, he's got three appearances, and he's given up three runs in those three appearances, you know, his ERA in those three appearances is 10.13. It's only three appearances, but there's some real concerns now going back to the beginning of July that there's something wrong with Josh Hader. So it's not like Phil was dropping an elite closer. He's dropping someone who was an elite closer up until about July one of this year, but hasn't been since then. So like, there's no guarantee if he had left Hader in his lineup or on his roster that he would have even helped his ratios, whether he does, even if he doesn't need the saves, Mm-hmm. like hater's been hurting his ratios for the last month he has he has yeah, a month He's, and a half whatever yeah i mean that that was one of the things that was funny about that trade um even though i understood the milwaukee fan perspective and, and players that in teammate perspective that hated the trade you know from an analyst hat i mean hater is just was struggling almost as badly as rogers was going mm-hmm. into that trade and since then it, it's been now rogers is hurt uh, now, after giving up a, a, a homer over the weekend, but now 
I mean, it's tough. I mean, he, I still think trust Hater's going to get it back. I feel like he will, but I mean, both the Dodgers and Padres have that one little thing where you have to still worry about your closer. Oh yes, uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. So that that's going to create, uh, you know, some some real drama in the ninth inning of some of these postseason games where we have these dominant teams that are not not set at the back end. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. it's really weird. Oh, the Dodgers. I mean, they're getting Blake Trinan back eventually. They're getting Gratterall back. They're gonna be they're gonna be stacked in their bullpen still. Uh, maybe not the same name value closer, but certainly good relief pitchers. And I think that's what's important. Now we don't know what form of either of those pitchers will be back when they do return. Sometimes guys get back and they're just not. We automatically assume they're going to be dominant, but that doesn't always work that way. Yeah, absolutely. But it does give. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all to see the Dodgers use some other pitchers for. Um, for saves in the postseason keep using Kimbrell the rest of the season you know they're doing great in the standings and if he doesn't look like he's got it at the end of the regular season then all of a sudden someone like trying in or whoever's throwing well at the end of the you know at the end of the regular season gets some of their postseason saves yeah that's right um I want to talk about the Yankees but before we do that uh we got to share a quick note from our blue wire sponsors We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every Rotowire podcast is on the Blue Wire Network, and we want to make sure that their sponsors are definitely uh, get, getting their due. So, thank you for your indulgence with that. So, Fred, the Yankees—they're they're really struggling right now. They went two and seven on their recent road trip, came back, got shut out at home by the Rays. When it was a Ryan Yarbrough start, it wasn't like it was Shane McClanahan. It was—it wasn't Rasmussen who is nearly perfect on Sunday. No, it was Ryan Yarbrough who is. Not that good this year. His They're, first Yankees win of the are, year. Yeah, he improved to one and seven. Yeah, Yankees are really struggling. Uh, and it really shows that they're missing Giancarlo Stanton right now, who should be coming back pretty soon. Yeah, I think we can say the Yankees, I think we can boil this down to the Yankees' offense is struggling. So if we look at it, they've they've lost five of six. Um, the one win was a 3-2 win. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last two losses, they've been shut out. In the previous lot, one of the previous three losses when they lost five or six, they were shut out in 13 at that one in Seattle. Um, in the other losses, they scored three runs and two runs. So they haven't had a four run game in any of those six games. So it's the offense is struggling. They also haven't given up five, haven't given up five in any of those games. So the pitching's fine. 
Um, the offense is struggling. Like you said, it seems like they missed Stanton. DJ LeMay, he was beat up right now. Um, and I think they're not really sure what direction that's going to go. Um, you know, obviously Judge has been carrying them for a while now, but it's going to take more than that. Anthony Rizzo's cooled down for a long time ago after his hot yeah. start. He's fine. Like, he's okay. He's Anthony Rizzo. He's okay. But he hasn't been hasn't been awesome. Yeah, so, he's had his back act up. We've been talking, you yep. know, a few weeks ago, someone asked if you're worried about his back, and you said you're always worried about his back. Yep, absolutely. And he, and he was great at the start of the season. I have him on a lot of teams. You know, he was one of the best first basemen to have during April or April and May or something, something along those lines. And since then, yeah, he's been okay. Uh, yeah. Gleyber Torres this year has been eh, 732 OPS. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has been terrible, 642 OPS. Yeah. Josh Donaldson's been bad, 692 OPS. Aaron Hicks yeah. has been bad, 644 OPS. With bad defense to boot now. Did you yeah. see the play? The misplay uh, that led to the uh, first run, the only run that Cole allowed last night. Yeah. Um, you can see why they wanted to trade for a center fielder. Yeah. I posed the question on Twitter, though. Why hell? If they're so hell bent on trying to replace Aaron Hicks, which they should have been, I think, why not go after Ramon Laureano? Now Laureano got hurt, just went on the IL yesterday yeah. too. So I, you know, but at the time he was healthy. Um, why why not trade for someone healthy when you, especially when you're trading up a rotation piece like they did? I mean that that was the thing that was really eye opening yeah. to me. Yeah, I guess Bader's the maybe Bader's the guy they wanted, and they knew they had such a big lead in the division that they'll just wait till September. Um, but since then. Right. Like like Carp- they've lost Carpenter, who was kind of helping to push their offensive long, like mm-hmm. like Matt Carpenter, an unlikely source. Andrew Benintendi has been terrible since they traded for him. He has a 585 OPS as a member of the Yankee. Ooh, that's so, horrible. Uh, yeah. So as far as healthy Yankees who have hit well this year right now, we've got Aaron Judge. That's it. Because Stanton's hurt. LeMay, who's banged up. Yep. Um, that's it. Like healthy Yankees who have hit well this year. I guess I could say overall this year Rizzo's hit well. His OPS say thirty four. Yeah, yeah, that's about what you expected. They've gotten more out of Jose Trevino than you one would have expected. Yeah, but Higashioka has been worse, so it kind of is like it's kind of a wash. Yeah, but but it doesn't. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say it doesn't. It's not a scary lineup. It's all season. I felt like like and again the Yankees could win the World Series. They have really they have good pitching. I don't know when the Yankees raced out in front of everyone, especially with them being in the Blue Jays division and me living near Toronto, people would say to me like, Oh, the Yankees like are so good. And I was always like, ah, they're good, but I don't feel like they're so good. Like I don't, I don't that prohibitively good. I don't. Yes. I don't see them. Like I see the Dodgers. I see the Dodgers as, is so good. Like that. When I look at that lineup, Betts and Freeman and Turner, like I just see that lineup is when it's healthy is really good. The Yankees lineup, I think, has the potential to be good. Right. I don't see the Yankees as a team that's uh, like just going to roll through teams in the postseason. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be very. I think it's going to be very competitive if they have a, a playoff series with the Rays or, or the Mariners or something like that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, especially if Judge ever stops being this otherworldly MVP season Judge. Like, he, I think he'll win. Like, he'll can win the MVP award this year. He could hit 55 home runs or something like that. Could hit 300. But if in a playoff series, that all goes out the window. If in a play, one, if in one playoff series, judges just, okay, hits one home run in the series and hits 250 or something. That's a huge game changer for, for them. It's kind of been a while since the Yanks have been in the world series too. Yep. Yep. Ab- absolutely. I still, I don't know. I, I've always this year kind of liked the Astros roster better. Yeah, I find their pitching staffs deep. I find their bullpens really deep. Last night, notwithstanding, but like I like I find you know, I, I think that setup crew for Presley. I know Presley's been kind of like had a couple bumps and bruises this year. He just had a strained neck a few days ago, but I think he's pretty good. Um, and I just find their their lineup's not dominant, but I think I think it's pretty solid. Now they lost Michael Brantley for the year. That's gonna that's gonna hurt in the playoffs. Again, he's just the kind of hitter you want to have in your lineup in the playoffs. Right. That's, I think that's gonna hurt them. But I don't know. Yeah. I think that I think the Astros are right there with the Yankees, and I don't think I think the other teams can give them a go. Like I don't think my Blue Jays can unless they figure out their pitching. Um, I think the Mariners can. I think the Mariners could too because they have figured out their pitching. Yep, Castillo matched up against uh, Shohei last night, and that was you know that's the other thing. Like that was the other premier matchup because it was out right. west. Probably didn't get as much attention, but Shohei has faced Garrett Cole twice and Shohei Otani once since getting traded to the Mariners, and. 
the Mariners have done okay. They they they've won all three games. So this is this is their stud for the playoffs. This is a true ace that they traded for. Um, you go you go. Uh, I, I think the combination of Castillo and then Robbie Ray and probably Logan Gilbert. I mean, that's a pretty really good. good one, two, three. Oh, really good. Yeah, and George Kirby, and in, in a longer series, George Kirby can make a start because they're keeping him in the rotation. He's um, no, he's no, you say Kikuchi, but he'll do. No, yes, exactly. So, and they could always go to Marco Gonzalez if they had to. He's not good, but he's, he tends to pitch to like a four ERA during the season. Like he's not, again, compared to guys like you say Kikuchi, he's really, really good. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think the Mariners are in better shape because they they added a really good starting pitcher. I think that's kind of vaulted to me in my mind. That's kind of vaulted them ahead of Toronto and ahead of Tampa as far as like teams that could take on the Yankees or the Astros and hang with them. I think that uh, Kikuchi just developed another neck strain. And the, the funny thing is, if they have to ever su- submit proof of injury to the MLB offices, they're going to have the same generic like <laughs> neck x-ray that they sent last time or something like there, that. There were, Bring out there, the neck strain file. Yeah, there were tweets I saw. I missed the start of yesterday's Blue Jays game. And by the time I got home, there were tweets already saying... I, I didn't even have to look at the score yet. I saw tweets saying, <laughs> "I just saw tweets saying, uh, yeah, I think I think Kikuchi's going to have another next dream by tomorrow, or yeah. something like that." This is just that been too. like it's just awful, and it's dragging the whole team. Him and Brios together are dragging the whole team down right now. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I mean, you know, Mitch White and Stripling—they don't go very deep into nope. games either. They're kind of taxed in the bullpen. We're going to get Stripling back. It might be Kikuchi out of the rotation and White stays in, but it, Mitch White, Mitch White, you know, he, he should have been able to been allowed to pitch five last week in his last start. He, he was going well enough. Mm-hmm. They had a pretty darn quick hook on him. Yeah, I, I think it, I think Kikuchi, I don't see how he makes another start. The next start would be at Yankee Stadium. Like mm. it would be this weekend. That should be I fine. don't see how you totally do that. fine. I think he's, where's your I, sense of adventure? Uh, Yankees are so, slumping. So, so I think that your options with Kikuchi are obviously the fake injury, um, or you just put him in the bullpen and he just soaks up innings in a lopsided game to work on. He pitches on the side and then he comes in some lopsided games and throws two innings just to work on anything he can work on and hope that he gets something figured out. But I mean, it's the middle of August. I was optimistic that they would get this figured out back in May, June, but now I'm, I'm still holding out some hope for Jose Barrios, but none for Kikuchi this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right, lightning round. Tanner Scott, saves or saves? He bounces back from Sunday's outing, gets one last night. Yeah, bad, he's a, this is it. This is your bad pitcher who's going to get 20-something saves this year. He's yep. he's their closer. I don't see why they go away from him. He's mostly converting his saves, but the ratios are ugly. But anyone who has him has him in their lineup, I bet. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I, although I vacillated back and forth. I mean, because, you know, the Marlins aren't, aren't even committing to him all that much. But so it goes. Uh, Ian Happ, two homers last night. Not in the lineup tonight because they're facing a lefty. Yeah, and Ian Happ's been kind of kind of interesting this year. I think of him as someone with a really good power speed mix. But he's, his paces, even with the two homers last night, aren't great. Like He's kind of on pace for about 17 home runs. They're like nine steals. It's okay. He's hitting 282, which is his best batting average of his career, but it comes with a high BABIP, 353. So yeah. he's not really – he just has a higher BABIP than usual. Other than that, he's probably more like the two – he's a career 250 hitter. Like, he's probably still basically that guy. So, I don't know. I'm starting to – he's still not that old. Like, he's he's just turned 28. Um, I guess I'll hold out – I don't know. I'm kind of done holding out hope for an Ian Happ breakout. I think this might be – I don't think – this is the breakout. This, this yeah. is – or this is – his level, I guess I should say, more more than anything else. Yeah. Joey Bart, per, per, possible post-type sleeper, according to our notes here. Uh, Homer, you know, nine homers in 64 games, not bad for a catcher. Only, you know, only problem is only 19 RBI. He's batting way down at the bottom of the order, and that Giants lineup hasn't been nearly as good this year. Yeah, and my post-type sleeper for him is a weird one because it's a mid-season post-type yeah. sleeper where he was dropped in basically every league in June. Yeah. Um, and then in July, so he only hit 236 in July, but he hit three home runs. So, uh, and he got a steal. So, if your catcher in a two catcher league, if your catcher hits 236 with three homers and a steal in a month, that's okay. Actually, that's pretty good. And then so far in August, he's been on fire. He's hit 452 with two home runs already in eight games. So, yeah, he's an interesting one. He was sitting on waivers in most, even a lot of two, most two catcher leagues at some point in June. 
Um, yeah, he hasn't been he hasn't been amazing, but he's definitely well cleared the bar for two catcher league lineups in the last six weeks. Yeah, and the Giants cleared the decks for him too. They yeah. they Kurt Caselli, so it's Barton Austin wins, who's just a thirty one year old mm-hmm. man, you know, so not no real threat of playing time there for him. Uh, let's let's finish up a little bit uh, with JT Real Mutual. Let's stick at catcher. You know, I think earlier we were talking about how Real Muto was a bit of a disappointment. And, boy, I think that narrative has changed. He's been on fire the last few months. He's one of the big reasons why the Phillies have gone on this streak, kind of picking up the slack with Harper out. Yeah, absolutely. And now so he's got 15 steals and 15 attempts. So that there's helps. even a chance he could get to 20 steals this year. Um, even 18 or something would be amazing. And now he's basically what he was last year, the year before, like he's hitting 261 last year, he hit 263. He's on pace for about 17 or 18 homers. He hit 17 last year. He should beat last year's and run scored and fall a little short in RBIs, but maybe cumulatively it's about the same. So I think if you, if you spent a fourth rounder or something on Real Muto, you've gotten maybe more than you wanted, at least as much. He's the number one right. catcher, not, not by a wide margin, but you know, he's, if you get 18 homers and 18 steals from around four catcher, 260 batting average from around four catcher, that's that's pretty good. Oh yeah, uh, you're, I bet you have to pay round three prices next year for yeah. Renato. And and I think and my my comment overall on the early round catchers is like obviously Sal Perez was a big disappointment, um, but beyond that, like Will Smith is the number two ranked catcher so far this yep. year. Dalton Varsho is number three and eight Will steals. Smith Yep. yep, and Wilson Contreras is number four. So that's like those like the, those top four catchers were drafted among probably the top five or six catchers. Like other than Perez, and Perez has seventeen homers now. The problem is, is a lot of the people getting the homers from Perez now aren't the people who drafted him because yeah. he, he had a long term injury and was dropped. But Perez could still finish this season with twenty five home runs with, with a long IL stint. So not right. amazing, but like not- Perez or Real Muto first next year for you. Who do you got? Oh, definitely Real Muto. I might have been, I might have had Real Muto first even this year. That okay. ability to get a lot of steals from your catcher, I think. Oh, it's I, huge. Yeah, and I have some Varsho shares too for the same reason. Um, yeah, it just allows you to kind of play. Like if the hitting turns out, then the guy is super valuable. If the hitting is just okay, the steals save him, and that's a little bit of what Varsho has been. He's hitting two thirty nine. Like he's going to hit about 20 home runs, but the steals, he's going to get you 10, 12 steals oh, this year. Huge. Yeah, I was a Varsho skeptic. I didn't think he could hit in the big leagues. And I, he, he's fine. Hitting he's just eyes, good like enough. Said. Yeah. Yes. If we had no steals, he wouldn't be special, but he's just good enough. And he's playing a lot. And he'll, yeah. Like he might get to 70 in both runs and RBIs. He'll probably be right around there, 65 to 70. So yeah. that's, those are solid ca- catcher toes. So where will he go next year? If he's a 2010 player this year, 20 homers, 10 steals, about 70 runs, about 70 RBIs, like does he get in the round five, six? I was thinking five for sure, maybe even four. I don't um, know if it, I think his batting average might be too low to get to four. I also still think Real Muto might stay in round four in a lot of drafts. I just think there's a lot of people out there yeah. who don't like drafting early round catchers. That's true. In That's any true. room, I feel like. It's like I mean, early round tight ends in football. You yeah, know, I, some people are just never doing just that. not in on it. And I, in a random group of fifteen in an industry league or an or a high stakes league, I feel like five out of the fifteen or so are just not even interested. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover before we sign off? Let's see here. Anything else I want to cover? Spencer Strider, another nice start last night. Easy win. Yeah. How could he get drafted as a number one next year? I probably I'm not. reserve comment on that because I really want to see how they manage his innings down the stretch mm-hmm. uh, and see how he pitches. If he pitches in the playoffs, how deep he, he goes. Cause I mean, they're kind of treating him as if he's like almost an ace right now, especially with free dealing with that concussion. I mean, 142 K's in 94 innings. I mean, what a huge windfall this year. Yeah. So I, I feel like there'll be people next year who look at him and think, like if he could throw 155 innings or something next year, get 200 Ks. Yeah. Year, 200, you might get 230 Ks, 220 Ks, something like that. Right. So um, I think I'm interested to see I, if he finishes this year, the way he's pitching right now, I think it could be a scenario where when you start plugging him into a evaluation formula next year, he comes out really high. 
Yeah, for sure. Two oh seven FIP. Like he hasn't been, he hasn't even been lucky. His Babbitt's two ninety three. Like he's been just regular luck so far this year. It's so this yeah. is someone who's who's truly really good. He's just missing all these bats. He's clearly legit. Yeah. Again, once again with the Braves though, with a guy that spent almost no time in AAA. Harris and Grissom spent no time in AAA. Uh, Strider had one game last year, one inning in one game in relief at AAA, and then they, he got the call at the end of the season last year. That's it, you know. And he was drafted in 2020, so I mean, yeah. he's really made the, the, the. They really like the jump players when they think they're ready. They're ready. Yeah. They don't worry about like climbing every rung of the ladder. That's for sure. I also think Strider's a a good case for um, like example case for those who who really do chase skills instead of roles early in the season. Right. Um, yeah. He was awesome right from the beginning, but didn't get his first win until May 25th. Um, you know, he was a reliever until May 30th. So he got a win in his last relief appearance and then moved, or sorry, and then, yeah, and then moved into the rotation. Um, but people, but he was gone in most of these NFC leagues. He was gone in the first two weeks or so. Yeah. Someone picked him up first fab or the second fab at the latest. Someone picked him up. Well, so. yes and no. But remember, they dabbled saying, okay, he's going to start. And then they didn't start him after all. Right. And so he probably right. got redropped in a couple maybe, of weeks. Maybe. But those who chased him and just said, this guy's a great pitcher. I'm going to pick him up. I don't care yeah. what he does in the next couple of weeks. Like, I want this guy on my roster. They've been really well rewarded and the people who kind of said well like i'm sure a lot of us myself including some leagues picked up marginal starters over him just because they had a rotation spot oh, yeah. and he didn't so good for those who chased him just chased him on the base of his skills and said you know i'll, I'll let i'll let the role play out and see where this ends up because he was a yeah. long reliever from the beginning so you knew there was like some uh, some length there that he could maybe for sure in the rotation at some for point. sure yeah. Well, and the same thing would apply to Clay Holmes from in the back end of the bullpen. You know, an elite yep. reliever yes. turned out to have then take it to the next level. Scott Efros might be that guy for the Yankees now. We'll see, but maybe, uh, maybe so. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Well, I thank uh, everybody for chiming in. Uh, thanks for uh, posting your comments in the chat, and thanks for everybody listening. Good luck in your leagues this week. Fred and I will be back at you again next week. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.